0: Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We've got a pretty hacked show for you today. A little later in the program, we are going to be joined by Michigan Congressman Dan Kildee, a Democrat from Flint, who joins us from time to time to talk about a number of issues surrounding not only the city of Flint, but also his work. In Washington, we're going to talk about the deal with Democrats and President Trump over the debt limit. We're going to talk about DACA and we'll catch up on Flint line replacement still going on. Still lots of people in the city of Flint unable to turn those taps on and just drink from the faucet, so it'll, you'll want to stay tuned to hear what uh, Congressman Dan Kildee has to say about that. We're also going to catch up with Rick Pluta, who is the State Capitol Bureau Chief for the Michigan Public Radio Network, talk about the state legislature coming back to Lansing this week after their summer recess. A lot of stuff on their agenda. But really unclear whether they can get anything done. That has really been the problem in Lansing is despite Republican majorities in both houses and a Republican governor, name five major pieces of legislation that come out of Lansing in the last two years. Pretty tough to do. So we're going to talk to Rick Pluta about what we might expect This fall on those issues. Also, remember that if you are heading into work or have to step away from your radio for any reason, you can always catch up with us on the Detroit Today podcast. If you go to iTunes or wherever it is that you download podcasts, you can download and subscribe to Detroit Today and take us wherever you go and listen to us when you are ready. OK, up first today, President Donald Trump lunged across the aisle yesterday, taking a short term deal from Democratic leaders Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to increase the debt ceiling. Not only did Trump buck his own advisors, including Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, but it shocked Republican congressional leaders. Here is Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell sounding a little bit befuddled about this deal. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, As I think you now know, in the meeting down at the White House, the president and the Senate and House Democratic leadership agreed to a three-month continuing resolution and a debt ceiling into December. Okay, that was— Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader, talking about this deal between President Donald Trump and Democrats. What does this mean for the future of the debt ceiling and budget negotiations? What does it mean for all future policy discussions on Capitol Hill? Is this a seismic shift in the political dynamics or is this just a continuation of the really unpredictable Behavior We've seen from this president and his administration. Why should Democrats even trust Trump in these negotiations? Also, what does this mean for disaster relief, if anything? Uh, Joining us now to talk about the deal and its implications is Libby Casey. She is an on-air reporter and anchor who covers politics and accountability for The Washington Post. Libby Casey, welcome to Detroit Today
1: thanks so much good morning good
0: morning uh, I am among the people who are scratching their heads a little this morning <laughs> saying well uh, this seems like you know, I guess let me put it this way it is not a bad thing for a Republican president to reach out to a minority party to say listen I need your help to get something done and I can't count on my own party to do it or all of the members of my own party to do it so I need you and here let's 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 work together. We all have been waiting for a really long time to see that work in Washington. So on one hand, I'm like, okay, well, maybe he's he's uh, he's maturing. Maybe he's moving us to a new space. But then you put it in the context of everything else that we've seen from this president over the last eight months. And you think, well, maybe this is just another instance of the crazy. Um, uh, I want to get you to to talk about that and put it in some sort of uh, Washington context for us.
1: Yeah, I and mean, I think how you feel about this depends on where you sit. But what President Trump is counting on is that the majority of Americans will say, ah, oh, bipartisanship, great, let's move forward, let's get some relief for the hurricane victims, um, let's not have Congress be in a big fight this fall, and let's move on. And we saw at the microphones yesterday the Democrats being the ones to come out and say, hey, great news, <laughs> we have this moment of bipartisanship. Chuck Schumer, uh, the top Democrat in the Senate, saying this is a really positive step forward. and you heard Mitch McConnell and that tape that you just played sort of saying, all right, I guess we're moving forward with this and, and trying to put the best spin he could on it. And he's moved forward with what the president wants. Um, you know, there was a sit down meeting yesterday at the White House with these congressional leaders and the president. And you know, there, there was a game plan and the president just veered off the game plan. And as he is wont to do, went his own way and said, yeah, let, let's go with uh, what the Democrats are proposing, which is a three month extension on some really important things, mm-hmm. uh, continuing resolution and uh, to keep funding the government and get the debt ceiling lifted. And the important thing about the debt ceiling, a lot of conservatives have concerns about this. Um, you know, let's not keep spending and keep spending. But what lifting the debt ceiling does is it helps the country avoid default. Right. Uh, because that money's already We've spent, already spent that, so that money. We're exactly. Just exactly. It. Right. So you have to fund the government. So, you know, things don't shut down and you have to avoid default. And so those two things were achieved at least until December. Republicans actually wanted it to be done for a much longer period of time, 18 months, what that would do is get them through the 2018 campaign cycle. So it would kind of take this issue off the table, and it wouldn't give Democrats any bargaining power moving forward. So Democrats couldn't say, well, we'll agree to raise the debt ceiling and fund the government if we get movement on our things. Like DACA, you know the Dreamers, sure. or if we, you know, get get some uh, movement on making sure that uh, there's not a big Obamacare fights, and, and we make sure that that we can move forward on some on some health care stuff. But what the president said instead was, "Let's go with the Democrats' plan, this three month game plan. So we'll be back at the bargaining table in December, yeah. and ultimately that gives the Democrats more power."
0: Well. I- Let's talk about this December deadline now. Every time you kick this can down the road in Washington, I think you make it a little harder to kick further, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You you, you place yourself in this position where the stakes are higher if you can't come to a new deal. This all puts off more substantive conversations about how to keep the government functioning and, of course, keep us within our spending limits.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what it does is it, is it forces everyone to sort of renegotiate. So there's some anxiety about, OK, old well, December is pretty close, but the markets are happy. I mean, you know, you'll, you'll see a lot of economists say, OK, or a lot of financial watchers say, all right, well, at least we're not going to have a fight, a showdown this month over the debt ceiling and over a continuing resolution to fund the government. So in effect, even kicking it down the road a little bit gives everybody some relief. Yeah. And and now everyone can go back to the drawing board and figure out what are their priorities and what do they want come December. Whether we will see a huge fight and a, a walk to the edge of those cliffs in December, who knows? I mean, we anticipated seeing more of a tough fight here in September, and that's just been taken care of. You know, when you have one of these meetings where the President says, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Democrats. This is what we're going to do. What that means is that the Republicans were, had to basically accept it. And so Mitch McConnell introduced last night a bill that would provide for some hurricane relief funding, mm-hmm. as well as get us all to that December timeline. So it's already in motion. You know, It's not like the Republicans had to rehuddle and figure things out. Um, they've already got this bill. It's moving forward. And we could see a vote in the Senate as early as tomorrow.
0: This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Libby Casey. She is an on-air reporter and anchor who covers politics and accountability for The Washington Post. We are talking about the deal announced yesterday, mainly between President Donald Trump and Democrats in the Congress to keep the debt ceiling uh, increasing so that we don't end up uh, defaulting on that. What do you think about that move? Do you feel like maybe this is the bipartisanship we have been looking for in Washington for so long? People in different parties coming together to solve problems? Or is this... More of the erratic behavior that we have seen from President Trump. Is he just all over the place? And why, if he's going to be all over the place, why can't he be here? Uh, What do you think about that? And do you think that this sets us up for more cooperation in the future? Give us a call if you want to join the conversation. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we'll work your comments into the conversation. Tell us what you think about the president reaching out To Democrats, to keep the debt ceiling from um, from defaulting, keep us from defaulting on some of the debt that we have. Uh, Libby, I want to ask you about the effect this might have going down the road. I mean, does you know things happen in Washington all the time that we think are going to have significant impact on the political dynamic down the road. And then they don't. Um, Mm -hmm. Does this really does this really set us up for a more cooperative or I guess another way to look at it would be a more powerful President Trump who is not constrained to dealing with, you know, Republican lawmakers who don't necessarily want to do what, what what he wants to do?
1: Yeah, and that's a really good question. I mean, you know, you talk about bipartisanship, but if you're a fan of bipartisanship, I hate to burst your bubble. Already today <laughs> we're seeing a shift because President Trump has a new campaign ad that just came out. And you know, it can be surprising if you're not obsessively watching this stuff to think a campaign ad right now. But of course the president needs to do his own PR and, and keep people positive about the message he's trying to present. And who does he go after in this ad? He goes after career politicians and no surprise, the media. But the images that you see as he talks about career politics politicians are leading Democrats. Mm-hmm. The very same ones he was affectionately referring to by their first name yesterday, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi. He was saying, you know, I like this deal, so do Chuck and Nancy. Well, today, Chuck and Nancy are featured <laughs> in this ad as sort of the epitome of, you know, career politicians who are standing in his way. So don't expect this to set a pattern by any means. What it really does, though, is it changes the dynamic in terms of the power Democrats have for the next couple of months, mm-hmm. because now Democrats are have have the chance to be at the bargaining table. You know, the Democrats really wanted to make sure that uh, hurricane funding went through. So they weren't going to hold up the debt ceiling or you know, funding the government over hurricane funding. They wanted to be on the side of this issue, saying, yes, we believe in funding relief for Harvey. And in fact, let's even get ready for Irma. So they didn't have much power. They weren't going to stand in their way. Now they can go back in December and say, well, you want to raise a debt ceiling? Let's talk about DACA. Let's talk about some other issues. So this does change the dynamic in that it gives Democrats more power over the next couple of months, which is unexpected, and it really ticks off a lot of Republicans, yes. uh, you know. And so Republicans now have this frustration. But it's not like President Trump and the leaders of the Republican Party were best friends two weeks ago. I mean, there's <laughs> been a lot of tension building over the summer, and President Trump has gone after some of them on Twitter. You know, he's trying to distance himself a little bit on what he's trying to bill as their failures to pass a, a health care bill that radically changed Obamacare couldn't do it. He now wants to get tax reform done. If it doesn't happen, he wants to set things up so he can point the finger at Republicans in Congress and blame them. So you know, I think what we're seeing is the president watching out for his own uh, political goals and aims and keeping people surprised. I mean, it wasn't just Republican leadership that was surprised. It was members of his own cabinet that right. were surprised by this yesterday.
0: So so you work in Washington and cover all of this stuff and pay attention to eight months in, nine months in almost, is this all just the way that Donald Trump's mind works? Or is this a more calculated approach to things? In other words, uh, is he just an erratic person who sort of flits from one idea to another and, and takes one position and then does something different? Or is that is that intended to keep everyone else on their right, heels? It's, right, it's like
1: crazy like a fox, right? right? exactly. <laughs> it's
0: like really clever. I mean, I think that's you know, one yeah, of the questions I, that's on people's minds.
1: Sure. I can only look at the pattern and sort of, you know, watch um, how things line up, right? And, and there is not a straight line forward like we're used to in Washington. Um, I, I think that there has been confusion on a lot of people's parts, you know, not just Republican leadership, not just his cabinet, but Democrats as well. You know, we even saw the president this week change his tune on the Dreamers, these young people who were brought here to the United States by their parents, who were protected under DACA. Um, as President Trump announced this week, actually, his attorney general mm-hmm. announced this week, Jeff Sessions, that they're stopping this program. This is a huge goal of Jeff Sessions. Yes. Uh, so he's very happy about this. But even if it, as it was being announced, President Trump seemed to be changing his tune on it. You know, he's talked about, you know, cracking down on immigration. But then he's also said, well, if Congress doesn't fix this, well, you know, we'll take care of these people. So it's unclear what the president's true position is on this or um, what he really thinks. All we can do is look at the actions. And the actions are very significant because ending the DACA program is a huge step and you have to remember the government has records of these young people i mean they're 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 on record as to where they live and and what they do and how they can be located so there's a lot of fear and confusion and as one of my colleagues wrote this week in an analysis piece it's hard to be mad about the president's position when you're not totally sure what it is you know so you can't you're like i'm so outraged whether you're pro immigration or anti-immigration pro dreamers anti-dreamers because you can't quite pin down where he stands on things yeah So, you know, I think we all just sort of watch and the unexpected uh, continues to happen. I think the president likes that he's perceived of as... As doing unexpected things, I think he hopes that it builds him as more of a maverick and less of the language you were using, you know, about sort of seeming crazy sure. and unpredictable. <laughs> um, but but that's really in the interpretation, and it's important to watch how the media covers this, and it's important to watch, especially how conservative media covers this, mm-hmm. um, to see how upset they are by this move, and and to see how much it really makes waves. Yeah. you know, just yesterday, Paul Ryan, the top Republican in the House, was saying, "We're not going to just do this for three months. that's, that's you know, that's a ridiculous idea." And just a couple hours later, that's what's happened. That's
0: what happened. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Before I let you go, I want to ask about disaster relief going forward. It's not just about Hurricane Harvey anymore. We've got another hurricane, maybe an even stronger hurricane pointed Right now, I think at the east coast of, of Florida, you've got a lot of Republicans who have played a lot of political games with this in the past. Uh, what's the pressure going to look like, though, on people in Washington to deal with this when we, if we end up with two disaster zones at one time, which, boy, it's, I can't remember that kind of uh, relief being necessary in this country in the recent past.
1: It is incredible. And and that is in part why Republicans I think yesterday in Mitch McConnell, you know, talking were saying, you know, we're gonna take care of this, we're gonna we're gonna deal with this. So even though Mitch McConnell lost this round, he didn't refer to it in terms of like a major loss because what he does get is hurricane relief funding, which ultimately if Republicans stood in the way of that could have been a pretty pretty big blow as mm-hmm. Americans watch these disasters unfold. The House did take a first vote yesterday on Harvey relief specifically and the vote was 419 in favor Three people voting no, and then a dozen just not voting. Hmm. The, of those three to vote no, one of them's in your neighborhood.
0: I uh, can guess Justin, who that yep, is. Justin yes. Amash, yep, yes.
1: voted against it. And he <laughs> tweeted out that Congress should provide disaster relief funding, and we should pay for it now instead of billing our children and grandchildren for it. So he's hmm. concerned about the pay for Sure. But the reality is, you know, that as everyone else says around here, you're, you're not going to get that sorted out right now. And so you just have to provide the relief. Um, so we expect to see that all sort of move through. And like I said, not just aid for Harvey relief, but also some anticipation of what Irma is going to bring. Um, you also have to watch what FEMA is doing so far. Brock Long, who's the head of FEMA, is getting... Um, decent reviews, you know, we haven't seen any, uh, any sort of PR debacles at this mm-hmm. point in terms mm-hmm. of what he's done or FEMA's done. The president has said some things that have raised some eyebrows, but it doesn't seem to have raised a lot of attention, um, you know, when he was down and in his first trip, not necessarily going and checking out what was happening on the ground, but sort of sitting in meetings, and then the second trip down, making some comments that, you know, even as he was giving hugs and and doing the supportive thing, making some comments about, you know, everyone just doing great and this is wonderful, and um, that bothered some, but you haven't seen a lot of focus on that. Um, So this is about both the relief that's actually offered as well as the perception of who's taking a leadership role, who's seeming powerful and in control, and and what the American people expect of their leaders
0: right now. Okay, Libby Casey, on-air reporter and anchor who covers politics and accountability for The Washington Post. Thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: We'll talk again to you soon. All right. Up next, we're going to switch the focus to the state capitol here in Michigan. Lawmakers are back in Lansing and already having problems getting on the same page about some of their biggest priorities. Rick Pluta, State Capitol Bureau Chief of the Michigan Public Radio Network, joins us next. Stay with us on Detroit Today.